Welcome to another bonus episode of the Trilongo track. I have a guest again today. It's Money Martha. I always have to say her name that way. She is a business strategist with a financial focus. She's been a lawyer for 37 years and went up the ranks at a time when it was not easy to do so as a woman. She has 28 years under her belt as the CEO of a $40 million company and has been here in the online space since 2017. Now, Martha's been in my life for the last three years, and honestly, I look at her as the bad and bougie aunt who has been through some shit and will call you out on your bullshit. She believes that women need to understand their money so they can make more of it because more women with more money is a good thing. I'm so excited for this conversation today. So welcome, Money Martha. <laughs> oh, Gianna. Thank you. I'm a badass. Huh? You, you <laughs> are. When you, it, when you hear it back, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like being the bougie aunt. Thanks for not calling me your grandmother. I really appreciate that. <laughs> You're not my grandma. You're like my bougie aunt that will be like, Gianna, I have to ask you this, but also don't make me hit you upside the head with nonsense <laughs> when you need it. <laughs> Well, that's my role in life. So I'm glad. (laughs) It's a necessary role. So one of the questions that I ask my guests that I find really interesting is, I don't necessarily care about your beginning because we always talk about our beginnings. I want to know your rise up story, which is really a time when you were kind of climbing up the ranks or you were on the up level of things and you kind of crashed down into the bottom and then what was that rise up like? And it can be business related. It could be life related. So tell us about your Martha rise up story. So it's a typical rise up, I think, for women that uh, started their legal career in the late 80s, which I did. Um, One of my first, my first job after I passed the bar exam was to be a deputy district attorney in an unnamed county in California. And, um, I didn't really pick up on the cues until a few months in when I found that I needed to learn about baseball, to talk with the judges and the male attorneys, that a uh, Star Trek language was good, which I had grown up with Star Trek, so that wasn't hard. And my husband and I are Giants fans, so that wasn't hard. But also the comments about what other women attorneys were wearing was like, and I wasn't... um, aware enough. I was just glad to be in this space and be able to get trial experience. Um, About halfway through my tenure, I got pregnant. And a woman that I admired very much, that was my first boss, and then she got transferred because she was, for lack of a better word, a ballsy woman, um, said, this is going to be a problem. You're not ever going to get to do murder trials because you got pregnant. And I'm like, well, I'm not necessarily sure I want to do murder trials, but okay. Um, because I was I was the liaison for the drug task force, and there was nothing better than going out with these guys and banging down doors. Um, it just it's everything that you see on all the procedurals and then some. But um, sure enough, I started getting negative feedback from my boss about my behavior and my um success in the courtroom. And I won all but one trial while I was a deputy DA. 
I rarely lose. Yeah. And um, finally, he met with me and his boss and said, so when you get done with maternity leave, you're not going to be employed anymore. Right? I was having a tough pregnancy. I was going to have to probably go out the last early because I had a little bit of preeclampsia. And um, this was the first time I'd ever heard anything like that, you know, in my whole life. So I went home and had a freak out. I called this woman and she said, this county is very small. And this is a pattern of behavior in this office, but I don't think you should fight it. And I talked to my husband and I was so young and green. I didn't fight it. I did negotiate a long maternity leave. And then halfway through that, you know, when that part of the maternity leave was over, the DA's secretary asked me to send in a letter resigning. Like, you know, I could have fought it at any point. Mm -hmm. Um, And then 10 months into my maternity leave, my husband came home and said, you need to go back to work. And I said, I thought we were doing fine with our finances. He said, Oh, we are, but you are sucking the life out of me because you have no adults to speak to. (laughs) He said, you're just too smart. So I thought, well, no one's going to want to hire me because I'm a, you know, terrible lawyer, blah, blah, blah. But I got hired, uh, worked in an all female office at a bank was the star there. That's where I got um, exposed to bankruptcy and finance. And it lit me up. As you know, that money is just, it just gives me tingles all over to help <laughs> women talk about money. And I, I joined the Bar Association and a bunch of professional organizations, rose to the top, negotiated an um, alternative criminal appearance contract with the county and the judges, and then got appointed to my current position by the Attorney General of the United States. And I've been doing this for 28 years. The coup is I ran into at a bar association event, a judge who had been the other guy in the room when I was fired. Mm. And he said, wow, you've really landed on your feet. And because I don't practice in that county anymore, I practice in federal court. I said, yeah, in fact, I've risen higher than you did. And then I walked walked away Um, because I view most situations as I'm appropriate when I need to be. But if I'm not going to, if there's no downside to me being my usual bougie ballsy self, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And I did it. So what that taught me is that you can walk through the worst, what you think is going to be the worst thing. Turns out it's a not the worst thing. Mm-hmm. There are much worse, mm-hmm. uh, which I've also experienced. And B, it it sounds so trite and so quote unquote coachy, but it is, it teaches you lessons. Mm-hmm. And one of the lessons is to never not educate yourself about issues and skills that you need in case you have, who knew that a criminal background doing trials would give me a leg up to go into banking. Yeah. But my my ability to evaluate cases and situations from being a DA has stood with me the entire career. Mm-hmm. The quick opportunity to look at something and know what needs to be done 
needs to be proven and needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And that is why I'm a strategist and not a coach. Mm-hmm. That is such a good story. And I had like 80 questions pop up in my head, but I guess, I guess the one that I want to ask you, because I actually don't know if I know the answer to this and all the time is hearing the story and knowing that, you know, you're a badass at what you do, knowing the success that you have, what drew you to come to the online space at all to begin with and stay for six years? Cause we know it's the wild, wild west out here. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you have been in the online space for six years. What made you start and what has made you stay here? So I started because I was bored. Um, I, for the first 16 years at this company, I really had to work hard to turn it around. Mm-hmm. Uh, things were, uh, the incumbent had uh, passed away during it. He had let a lot of pretty young things run it. Mm. And he had a different, because he was an older white male attorney who was an attorney in the 50s, had a different way of running things. Mm-hmm. He was very misogynistic with um, the way he paid people and who he hired. And there are wild stories about all night booze parties in the office. And and this is a federally adjacent workplace. So mm-hmm. I don't do that. That's why I'm not on TikTok because it's federally adjacent. I don't right. work for the federal government, but I'm involved with them. And after 16 years, things were going really well. Lots of people were filing bankruptcy. I make more money when there's more people. And um, I just got bored. And I and you'll understand this, Gianna. It's why you came to the online space, I think. I needed to lose weight. Mm-hmm. You know, 25 years after giving birth, I still had baby weight. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I started with Beachbody. Um, and I really liked it. I found it as a method of learning new skills because I always want to learn something new. Um, connecting with people. And in my case, it was my sorority because the woman that recruited me was a sorority sister Mm. and that I met online through Instagram and working with my sorority because I was a volunteer at the time. And then I saw the business possibilities Mm -hmm. because, you know, this is my mantra, the company that you sell products for those are very important words, teaches you how to sell those products so they make money. Right. It does not teach you how to sell the products so you make money. Mm -hmm. And I saw so many ways to improve that. So I started coaching my team on best business practices, the bigger team on best business practices. Then I started moving away from it, although I still get residual income Mm -hmm. because of the way I set it up, the business way I set it up. So I still get monthly deposits. I got to the level that I wanted to get that guaranteed me income. So that's what I do. But then I thought, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to sell me. Mm -hmm. I want to sell my skill set. I want to, and I also, when I was fired, that lit a fire in me about women's rights. Mm -hmm. And everyone in my family will tell you 
that at 39 or at 29, I started advocating for women and was involved in political organizations, women lawyer organizations, political campaigns. Before I started as a lawyer, I worked um, as a political operative. So I wanted to be, I stayed, and I, t- I think I told you this last week, I stayed because the opportunity to change women's lives is always there. Even if they never buy anything from me, mm-hmm. even if all they do is scroll my content, I can change lives. Mm-hmm. And I was going to walk away because, as you know, my mom just passed away. And for those six weeks before she did, I, I didn't do anything. I didn't post. I didn't. I checked in every now and then. And I thought, do I have the space to continue? Mm-hmm. And then I do what you always say. I save all my Atta girls. And this is how Martha changed me. And I went back and read them all. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I can't walk away from this. Mm -hmm. It's too important. Mm -hmm. So that's why I stayed. Um, What that looks like is going to be a little bit different. Um, I'm probably going to spend some time talking about grief and what that means. And I had an email today that said, could you share what were the most helpful comments to you? And I have a list of unhelpful comments. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> but um, the one thing I learned is that your business will always be there mm-hmm. and you can put things in place that make sure that you're always making some income. Mm-hmm. So, And that's the, that's a really beautiful, a couple things that you said is, are the really beautiful things about the online space, which I know gets a bad rap. I know there's negative things to social media. Like I'm not going to pretend like I don't know that, but first and foremost is the connection that you can create regardless of what season of life that you're in and the impact that you can make, whether you're selling products or, and this is why influencers are popular, especially the ones that really do get vulnerable because we're all looking for somebody that's like, oh my gosh, they've gone through that too, or, oh, they've experienced this too. And so the, and then the other piece, like if you think about it, if you have a brick and mortar business and you are the owner of it, you're not closing your business for six weeks unless you have very trusted people. I mean, you could close it for six weeks, but that, who knows if you're going to be able to come back to it. You're going to have rent to pay. You're going to have overhead or you're going to have to lay off employees. So the beauty of online space, and you know, I think this is where a lot of people get it twisted, is it's not easy to build a business online. It is not simple. There are so many layers. There is a lot to learn, but the convenience and the freedom of it and the fact that it allows you to take six weeks, to take six months, to step back and do what you need to do in your life is why this space is so special and why so many women flood to it. Because there are no glass ceilings really like we're the we're the only people that stand in our way when it comes to the online space and so what I'm curious about with you is because you have this duality to you where and it's similar to me where some of what we do is mindset related because it's it's unavoidable for the most part, we live in the masculine energy. We're strategists. We're coming up with plans. But there is this level of mindset, 
especially when it comes to money. And you and I have had this conversation a lot about like how your money mindset comes from your childhood and how you were raised and all of that. So talk to me a little bit about your like money mindset philosophy, because I feel like that is something that the women listening to this 100% need to hear. So, um, my birth father died when I was six months old and my mom had dropped out of college and didn't handle any of the finances, didn't even know if the insurance was current. And over the next six months, she taught herself everything to get every benefit that we were entitled to because he was a vet. And she went back to nursing school and PS by the end of her life, she was a respected gerontologist. No, I mean, people came out of the word work after she passed that said that she made a huge impact. But one of the things she, I know, one of the things she taught us was have your own money, have your own money and know your own money. And one of the biggest things I hear during the first conversation is I don't even know what my bank balance is Mm -hmm. or what gets me lit up is when network marketing women just have that money deposited straight into their joint checking account. Mm -hmm. Because how do you know, how do you know that what you're doing, all this work that you're putting in to create content, to have connections in the DMs, to, um, you know, educate yourself, all this work results in money. But how do you know what the right work is if you don't know what the money is? Mm -hmm. If you don't know how much money you're making from this week's worth of content, because it's all jumbled in with your husband or your partner's paycheck or your paycheck, and it's all going out, that you're just lost. And that's my biggest thing as a strategist. You have to know your money because there are gold nuggets of data in all this income. Mm -hmm. Who's buying when are they buying? What are they buying? And why are they buying? Mm-hmm. So that's my biggest thing is know your money. I have che- We have separate checking accounts started a long time ago because <clears throat> uh, in my personal life, I look at my bank statement. I don't write it in the checkbook. Back in the day, there weren't online apps. And when he sat down to uh, balance the checkbook, which all you kids don't know what that is. I um, balance a checkbook. <laughs> okay. But a lot of kids don't. A lot of, um, he would get so annoyed because I would take money out of the ATM and I wouldn't save the receipt or write it down. But it's, it's not because we're not, I mean, it's an equal thing and it's just each marriage comes to it. They're the same way, but you got to talk about money and you got to know where your hangups are. Where did you learn them? The positive thing I learned from my mother is uh, have your own money, have your own credit cards. Uh, now we're very lucky. We can have our own credit cards. Our, my mom couldn't. She had to have a mail co-sign for her. Mm-hmm. But um, the negative thing was when she got remarried and had another family with my dad, we would go shopping. And she would say, you could only buy one thing. And then she would find three things that she thought looked good on us. So don't tell your dad I bought these three things. The myth in our family was that my wedding cost $10,000. My wedding dress cost (laughs) $10,000 in 1986. Oh my God. I know because I had the wedding my mom wanted to have, right? She had two. She wasn't happy with those. So I had hers. But I would know, like to see height. a picture of this wedding dress at some point <laughs> as a side note. 
But how many of us still do that? Like during the pandemic, there was a competition of the number of Amazon boxes that showed up. Whose was whose? Mm -hmm. Turns out he orders a lot more than I do. Okay. I just, and that's fine. He can spend that, whatever. But when you don't have your own sense of your own money and your own income, you hide purchases. That's not healthy. Mm -hmm. You have to have a conversation or women who run their businesses on the download from their husbands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So having this conversation with one of my clients, this, so those are my two money things, Mm -hmm. having your own separate money and not hiding Mm -hmm. because you now have income. But that culture runs rampant on TikTok, on Instagram. Like, I hope I get home before my husband so I can hide the Amazon packages or that culture is very real. But I, I would be curious because, and I can, like, I'll speak from my experience and you went through it too in those that 10 months of maternity leave is you go from a successful, whatever level of success means, but you go from a woman that's making your own money whether you're married or whatever, you're making your own money, you have your own checking account, you have your own job, then you get married, maybe you keep everything separate, but then you have a kid and you decide to stay home or you have to stay home or whatever the circumstances are. And all of a sudden your money, you don't have your own money anymore. You haven't started your business yet, let's say. So you don't have your own money anymore. You don't, You might have a bank account that's like hanging out for you to put your birthday checks in, but like you don't have your own money. <laughs> it's now your husband's money, which I, I'm saying that for a reason. It's your husband's money that you buy the groceries with or buy your kids new onesies with or whatever. And then you decide, okay, I need a little bit more. I'm going to start my own business but it's, it's his money. You know, there's that ramp up phase. You get what I'm saying? So my question in that is for the woman that's going through that in the early stages of her business, she's not making a lot yet. Maybe she's not profitable. She's maybe she's losing money or maybe she's just breaking even. What kind of conversations with you have, do you have with her both from a money mindset perspective, but also from a strategic standpoint, if she's in that phase of early business life, I guess, let's say. Sure. So the first thing is, and this is the uh, woman activist in me coming out, is that I would love us to change the conversation around the worth of women uh using their bodies to grow a whole nother human being yes, and then being solely responsible for a year of keeping that human being alive. Yes. It's just like, and my husband was on the cutting edge of this. He, when people said, Oh, are you babysitting? He said, uh, no, I'm caring for my son. Mm-hmm. And he early on after I weaned, um, he said, okay, I've bought you a plane ticket to LA. I've made reservations at a hotel. Go. Wow. Just go. How long have yeah. you guys been married? <laughs> We've been married 37 years, 38 yeah. years. Um, and many not more to all, come. <laughs> not all roses, by the way. Of but course. Anyway, I guess I like to highlight when men, you know, yes. it's not all male bashing. It's not all. But we have been so acculturated to not assign worth to anything but going outside the home and making money and having it deposited. Mm-hmm. 
of men or women. Yep. And that's not true. So if that's how you feel, you need to journal about it. If you have resources, go to a therapist. And then this is a tough conversation I have with my clients. You need to talk to your husband or your partner or whoever. Um, Because, and I always approach it as, this phase is not income producing, but it's worth producing. It's creating my own thing. I think, I think we start these businesses, especially if we aren't artistic and creative with our hands, we're creative with our mind and our, and our knowledge yes. as an outlet for creativity. Mm-hmm. So your husband probably wouldn't blink twice if you said, I want $200 to go to a scrapbooking conference or right. I'm going to, you know, not, and when I say your husband, I don't mean yours, Gianna, because <laughs> he would fall over in a dead faint if you said that. But um, so why is this any different? It's not a hobby. I'm not saying it's a hobby. It's filling a part of you that needs to be filled. We, every human needs something else. The second part of your question about strategy is, depending on, I'm a big fan of network marketing. There are some companies I'm not a big fan of. You have to do your research. If you have to buy into it, you need to run as far away as possible. Mm -hmm. But if you can partner and represent a company for a low buy-in, it's a good way to get out there, to learn how to be on social media, to learn how to talk about yourself and your product. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a safe space. But if you've been doing it a while and you're just not breaking through, then there's several strategies that you can do. Um, I'm also, for those uh, women in that type of business, big fan of an entry-level product, like a worksheet, even a free worksheet. If you don't have an email list, what are you doing? Shout it from the rooftop. <laughs> you do not own your followers. Yes. So offer a little guide. Like um, I I have a friend online who's a nutritionist in an in a established office nutritional group, but she's got an active online to get you on her email list. She has a one page. How much protein should you be eating? Mm. One page. So depending on your skill set or something, if you're like just a really good at the Google University, tell people about it. Websites I love, um, great Amazon finds, whatever to get them to sign up for your email list. But once they've signed up, you got to give them value. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the other thing. I was off email for a good eight weeks. I just posted an email yesterday. And God love my email community, 52% open rate and lots of responses. Now I was talking about grief and business, but I got a lot of responses. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a safe space to talk, to try out topics, to try out products. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I would tell a woman that comes to me and says, look, I've plateaued. What can I do? And we start, I start looking at um, what's your skill set? What products can you offer? What level of products can you offer? First question is, are you keeping track of your income? Are you keeping track of your expenses? Are you spending money on stupid things? Um, (laughs) 
What would be an example of stupid things? <laughs> okay, it is not Starbucks. Do not I, work with anybody that tells you to give up Starbucks. Okay. I know, I know. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Starbucks. It is also not a Target run, which people do not understand is mental health. Yes. So, <laughs> but you might be buying every new customer um, a shaker cup, for example, mm -hmm. or uh, a t-shirt. They don't care. Yep. They want the product. They want the expertise. You might be signing up for every 50 to $60 course or masterclass and never watching it and yep. never using it. You so might being be stuck in information overload because you're watching it all and doing no action. Right. Right. You might be subscribing to a bunch of apps with at their pro level mm -hmm. when you could probably do with their free. So that's why having all this data is important because I have a conversation with people about where the return on investment is. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we can find uh, a good 100 to $500 a quarter mm -hmm. from just looking at expenses. And then boom, all of a sudden you're making a profit. Right. So that's how I would get someone off the plateau mm -hmm. is to make sure that they have the business basics they need. Mm -hmm. so that they can go out and be their self and everybody has an expertise that nobody has mm -hmm. everybody has a life experience that nobody has some of my favorite fashion influencers are bigger women because i'm sorry i can't buy these little tiny jumpsuits with strap with I had a long conversation with a postpartum friend in the dms and i said well uh do you have to wear a bra no well, what about the belly part? She goes, oh, get an XL. So then she sent me a shot of her wearing it. <laughs> so I said, well, do you have an affiliate link? No. I said, girl, go on the website and get a damn affiliate link. Yep. They'll give it to you for free. Yep. She's like, really? I said, your last two days of your stories have been about this ding jumpsuit. Mm -hmm. And who else is, is advertising this jumpsuit? Danielle Nantoni, who is a big deal in what is now called Bodie, used to be Beachbody. Mm -hmm. She's getting paid. Mm -hmm. That's another thing I talk to women about. Hey, if you're selling a product, go on their website and see if you can sign up for it. Mm -hmm. Get links. I have links to my Tovala uh, oven because I love it so much. Sometimes people will ask me for it. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of ways to generate income, but a lot of people don't know because they've never been taught. We don't talk about money enough. Mm -hmm. They've never we been just taught don't. or they're selling themselves short. Well, I can never do that. Or I just want to share about it. And the thing is, and I, I think, I think this is a piece that's really important and it goes back to what you're saying, like looking at does, does it financially make, you don't have to send a gift to every new client just because your upline does it. You don't have to send a gift box to every one-on-one -on -one client because that's what you see everybody doing in the online space. You have to have the CEO mindset. And I remember, and I don't think I quite understood it when I was in hospitality and I was in budget meetings and more of a, you know, this was when I was an assistant. So I wasn't making decisions. I was watching and listening and deciding like, we can't print menus this week because of the budget. 
we have to just stay with the old menus from last week, or we have to cut the cook at the water park because of the budget. Like these kind of decisions that are all related to the finances of a business and not enough, not enough women, not enough online business owners look at their business that way. And some of it is to what you said, like they don't have their own bank account. They're not using your tracker to track their expenses. They're, they, they have, you know, and this is a network marketing thing, I think. And I think it's a network marketing thing because that's where so many people start. But it is this like community, like side hustle, like make money from your phone. But the people that are really successful in it, network marketing, online business in general, are the people that look at it with a CEO mindset. And more than 50% of that is about the financial part. But we skip it. A lot of us skip it. Well, and I don't necessarily only work with network marketers nor online entrepreneurs. I have a client who has a brick and mortar and we I work with her. But I will say that the people that are online on your feed that are airbrushed and walking across a stage from anything started in their bathroom while their kids were taking naps. Mm -hmm. They did not look like that. They are now, but they focused on the dollars. Mm -hmm. They looked at what the plan, the compensation plan would bring them or what are, what profit they wanted. And they focused on chasing the dollars, not chasing anything else, not the prizes, not the trips, not anything else. Now, because they chased the dollars, they got the prizes and the trips and now they're CEOs and they have assistants and people are writing content for them. But every single one of them has branched out into something else. Yep. They have a planner, they have a cookbook, they have master classes, mm -hmm. um, they're influencers selling things. Every single top person in many, many network marketings have branched out. Why? Because they're chasing the money and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And you, and you did this recently, you said, I want to buy X, Y, Z. So that's why I set my goal at whatever dollar amount you decided, because you can't just chase a dollar amount. It, the people that just really light me up as if I needed more lighting up today. Um, I made six figures this month. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. So Six figures is 10,000 and above, right? It's three zeros after the comma. Is that how much income you made? What was your profit? Mm -hmm. yep. What did you do to get there? How much did you make the last month? How, did you, how much did you make in the quarter? So those people, I think, are doing a disservice to any online person who's trying to make a dollar. Right. Because you think that's what you have to make. Mm -hmm. Maybe you just want to be able to swipe at the grocery store without looking at your bank account. Yep. Maybe you want to take the kids to the water park. How much does that cost? Mm -hmm. All the way up to you want to go to Hawaii. How much will that cost? Mm -hmm. So I think if you don't 
look at your money. If you take care of your money, your money will take care of you. It sounds straight, but that's how it goes. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think, you know, in the online space, it's easy to say, I need to make 5k months. I need to make 10k. Like that's my goal. But do you really understand what's behind that goal for yourself? And that is one of my favorite things that I learned from you because I used to not set dollar amount goals because it didn't really motivate me. And it was based on what, like picking a number out of your butt, right? There was no basis in why I was picking the number. But then when it was like, oh, I'm going to do a weekend at Disney with my kids. If I make this amount, because this is how much it, this is how much the trip will cost me. This is how much it's costing me to do this launch ads, VA help, whatever my time. And then this is how much I want to put in the bank from the launch. Then it's like, Oh, this number has meaning to me. This number matters to me. And ooh, look, there's this nice prize at the end for me as well if I hit this goal. So that's one of my favorite things that I learned from you because for me, and I think for a lot of women saying I want a 5k month means nothing. It doesn't mean anything, but like what we've been conditioned to feel shows success in the online space. And, um, a comment and a story. People don't want to know really how much you make. They want to see what you did for others. Mm-hmm. They want to know how you can change them, mm-hmm. how you can educate them, how you make them feel. Mm-hmm. They don't need to know that you're a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Second, I'll never forget. It was about a year ago, a year ago that we were together in real life. Yeah. And you sat down and um, you were making a plan. And you put a dollar. I was making a plan, not me. Me? (laughs) But I think what people need to realize is that you weren't always a planner. And this is like the, I think this was the first time you did this or the second time you did this. Mm -hmm. And you put a dollar amount down. And I think that's when I taught you this. And I said, that's an aggressive dollar amount, Gianna. Mm -hmm. And you said, yeah, I'm a little scared of it. I said, what does it mean? And you were like, well, it's more than last year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I said, did you wait, did back it up? And you were really irritated with me because you were in the creation zone and I was all up in your business. (laughs) I remember I can clearly see us sitting at that counter and I was all like eating my breakfast and looking at what you were writing. And I'm like, uh, did you meet what you put down last year? Well, not really. I, well, uh, okay, two questions. What does this number mean to you? What are you going to do with this money? Mm-hmm. And secondly, how did you reach that number? Mm-hmm. And you were like, get the f- out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> and then I walked away for a little while. And <laughs> I think that was in the the second morning. And then in the third morning, you said to me, okay, I thought about this and this is because you had to process. And then you challenged me and said, you don't like what you're doing. You don't like your offers. Mm-hmm. What lights you up? And I told you that str- strategizing with business owners, especially women and seeing the light bulbs come on, light me up. And that's what you started my pivot. Mm-hmm. But 
most people were where you were. Oh, I set it at 20 grand last year. I only made 10, but I'm going to set it at 30 this year. Right. Oh, but why? Who told you to do that? Mm-hmm. And what does that 30 mean? I think people don't back out. That 30 means $3,010 products, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Do you have it in you to make and sell $3,010 products? Right. A hundred, three, that 300 products. I mean, so I think people need to think about that too. That's all of what I do as a strategist. I am, I am not a coach. There are too many coaches in my mind. You're not a coach either. No, I'm not. In my mind, um, coaches can only take you so far mm-hmm. and they don't help you implement mm-hmm. sometimes my experience but a strategist looks at everything from a high level which you need to get yourself out of the pit of the details out of the mosh pit and look high level and it's hard when you're doing that you need help doing that Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that I mean the difference between a strategist and a coach is you I find that I work with a lot of the same people over and over again because I'm not coaching them through problems or issues we're continually working on their content or their product suite or their whatever it is um but I do want to say I think for me and I'm just seeing this for you know whatever level of entrepreneur is listening It has just been last year and then this year moving forward that I could really even set a budget or a realistic goal for the year because I had, when I was for for the first two full years, I didn't really have any data. I was creating things and making things from scratch and building a following where now, so I'm 2024 will be my fourth full year of business, now I can sit down and I can look at the last two years really of financial data and say, this worked, this didn't work and make a goal that isn't just about let me make more than I did last year. And what's nice about that is one, it's based in data. So there's proof backing it up. It's not just a number out of my butt. And two, for me, It takes down some, not all because I'm so ambitious to a fault, but it does take down some of the pressure of, I have to make more. It always has to be more. Next year has to be more. It always has to be doubled. It has to be tripled. It has to be more, 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 more every month, every week, every year to the point of, you know, flaming out. But if you're not looking at your finances, if you're not understanding all of that data, then it's really, really hard to make decisions that makes sense and aren't just let me manifest six figures (laughs) (laughs) because you know how I feel about that (laughs) yeah um yeah I mean I manifest why isn't money raining down on me Mm -hmm. anyway (laughs) um so Tiana I think you know this but you're a unicorn in the online space in that Although you, I taught you some of this. I taught you how to do this, but you're, um, a lot of people can't do this. They need to be, a lot of people are like you. I taught you how to do that. I gave you the strategy. 
you took off with it. You're implementing it exactly correctly. A lot of people need my intervention a couple of times before they're like you, but I am not for the beginner because there's no data. Mm -hmm. So I can't get you to the end. I can't figure out what's next. I can, I give, I give a lot of educational value in my posts. Those are kind of for the beginners. The work with me is for the mid-levels who have some data, know what's work, what's working, may not know what's not working, but don't want to keep churning out the newest thing, the newest thing, the newest thing. Mm-hmm. They want to, do we retool this? Do we, you know, offer this? And I, I think you hit it right on the head until you have the data, you don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. Yep. But if you're in the network marketing space, you have data mm-hmm. and you've always had data right? from, from jump, you have data, right? First time you sell whatever it is that you're selling, you've got data. Right. And I don't think a lot of people go back and tie that data to what they were talking about on social media. Well, I don't think enough network marketers actually look at their finances at all, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Um, Back office is a scary place. It's a scary place. It is a scary place. (laughs) I used to avoid it. Um, Okay. So I want to ask you one more question before we go. Because I I like to end with an action step for people that are listening and they're like, okay, like I hear everything you're saying, I need help, but let's give them something tangible that they can like do today when they're done listening to this podcast episode. So if you were going to tell somebody that is that mid-level entrepreneur, she's plateaued, she's like, I don't know what to do. I'm doing all of the things. What is the one thing that you would say, girl, as soon as this podcast episode is over, go do this one thing? Well, they could go download my guide. Okay. To make sure, sh- <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> which, which I will link up- in the show notes. <laughs> which is hopefully updated by my uh, online business manager. Um I think the most important thing someone should do, no matter what, is they should sit down with their journal in a quiet space and write the words, money is, and then write the first thing that comes to their mind. Ooh, that's good. And then they should look at what they wrote and decide if it was negative or positive. And then where did I learn this? Because until you get that straight in your head, I could give you everything to do. You, I could link my digital tracker. I could have you do a consult call with me for no dot for free. I could do all these things. And you, until you know how you feel about money and you discard the negativity, you are not going to be able to push through and do the uncomfortable work of capturing data. That's really good. You just, you have to stop being afraid of money and see it as another tool. It's just like, just like Canva is a tool. Tracking your income and expenses is a tool. You can't do your business without good Canva or someone to create your graphics for you as I do, but you got to know where your money is. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, it's not sexy, but it is yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day. 
it is sexy when you really start to see how it can work for you and you stop being afraid of it. Like the whole reason you have right. a business is to make money anyway, right? So you have to stop being afraid of it. Right. I mean, you're great and sharing all your wonderful knowledge and humor and everything is great. But um, Elise Myers makes money. Yep. And she makes money off of her personality. Bless. I wish I could. <laughs> I know. She is so funny. <laughs> she is. She's hilarious. Celeste Barber makes money <laughs> off of her comedy. But yep. you can bet she knows how much she's worth and what she's making and how much it's costing her to fly all over the world. Mm -hmm. So get in the mindset that you're fabulous, but where's the money coming from? Yep. Okay. That's really good. All right. So where can people find you? Where do you want them to seek you out? The bad and bougie. So um, <laughs> the, uh, the only place you can find me is Instagram. Uh, it's money, Martha, all lowercase. Um, periodically I ask people to, I have to change my links. I'll do it right now. Um, right now I'd love people to just to sign up for my newsletter so I can build it. I'm coming out of a phase where I tried email funnels and it wasn't working for me. So, um, going back to what works for me. Um, so if you download my guide, you're going to get in a funnel, but we'll put you over to the other side too. Okay. So, so lots I'll of links link, in my bio. I'll link your Instagram in the show notes too, so that people can find you easy peasy. It's money. Thank you for the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I am just thrilled with your podcast and being in your community. You. Um, you have, you've changed my life. So I know you're out there changing other people's lives. That's the goal. That's why I'll keep showing up. Just like you said. There's too much work yeah. to do to disappear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode.